Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is May 2nd, 2023. Time is 425 p.m. And joining me in the studio, actually sitting right in front of me, is B-Man J. What's going on, dude? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I don't know how many how many people did you tell from like the Clapper people that you'd be out here today? Uh just in your live the other night. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak a so video. I'm gonna sneak a video in on you later. I'm gonna like get a video in the back of your head and see if like Malcolm or someone from Clapper notices. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, Malcolm Malcolm happened to be in the state of North Carolina. He decided he wanted to come down to the or not Malcolm, sorry, B Man is in the state of North oh, Carolina and man, decided don't confuse me with Malcolm. You know, I I'm imagining you're a lot taller than he is. A lot. <laughs> He's like three foot nothing. I'm like you know, a lot taller. I mean, you. So when I'm watching your videos online, you look like you're about seven foot tall. Yeah. I was expecting you to be a lot. I was expecting you to be towering <laughs> over me when I got here. Uh, anyway, so you're in North Carolina. You're liking it so far. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you were coming out here to visit a farm. There was some kind of farm you guys were checking out. Uh, we're gonna go over to Love Valley. Love Valley. So I've never heard of that. What are they all about? It's just a horse community, I guess. Uh, we don't really know that much other than just looking on the internet. Gotcha. It's a western town, and you ride horses around the town, and there's no cars allowed in the town. So like an old western-style town? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing that was in the area. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. I might have to look that up later and do some checking in on that. So if you guys, a lot of you out there that are listening right now don't know who B-Man J is, so are you okay with talking about yourself and telling sure. people who you are? Oh, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Uh, I'm the B-Man J. You can look me up on thebmanj.com. Uh, we do self-sustaining, uh, at the farm. I did, I was a beekeeper inspector for honeybees in the state of Tennessee for the last seven years. I've kept bees probably 20, 25 years or so. I go around talking about bees. Uh, I train people in tactical response or any kind of tactical and prepping. I'm an actor, um, uh, I guess you could call me an author. I've been published a couple times. Uh, just do a little bit of everything, so people start calling me a Renaissance man. So I don't know. That's that's pretty cool. So let's we're gonna unpack a few of these things. All right. I wanted to do un- unpack what all you have going on at the farm as far as self sustainability goes, because I see the I see the the lives. I see some of the videos, and it just there's a lot going on. I saw the the greenhouses and everything. Yep. So what all do you have going on over there? So the uh, the different greenhouses the first one we got is well it's a low tunnel as we refer for we refer to it and it's through the appalachian uh grant for basically the grant was through berea college and they gave us the low tunnel for free and it's to help people start build or growing their own food again 
And then we got the high tunnel, which is 42 by 40, and it's 19 feet tall in the center. We got that through the NRCS, which is a government program, so every state has that. And that's, again, to help people start growing their own food again. And then we built a in-ground green tunnel, or high tunnel, of the uh, last year. And so we're just trying to get a longer growing season in that because we have banana trees, but I only get, you know, the bananas get maybe two to three inches big. So I'll figure maybe I could grow some banana trees inside the uh, in-ground greenhouse, and that way it would have a longer growing season. I might actually get some bananas off it. But we grow, um, we have hardy Anna kiwi. We do uh, all kinds of different foods. Um, she has a herb garden. My wife's here in the studio. She doesn't talk. Um, but we grow probably 85 to 90% of our own food. Um, we, I have honeybees, so we have some sugar or sugar substance. And then we do buy a lot of our flour, you know, the unbleached, uh, unbrominated uh, sugar flour so that we bake, or I don't bake. She does all the cooking because I hate cooking. That's one of the few things I don't do. Really? Oh, yeah, I hate cooking. That's I. So I love to cook. I don't even like doing a barbecue. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. It just takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I find cooking to be very therapeutic, and I like to experiment with different things. And I, in the self-sustainability realm, I've been trying to, like, make my own ketchups and mayonnaise and mustards and things like that, and it's – not having much luck, but I'm going to keep plugging away at it. I make a mean ass barbecue sauce, though. There you go. Yeah, so that's see, that's good. why she should be speaking on here because she makes her own ketchup, she makes her own applesauce, all that. So. Nice. I might have to get that ketchup recipe. Yep. <laughs> so, in realm of, so you guys doing solar out there? I'm, I'm yep. assuming you're not on any city hookups or not much anyway. Well, we're grid tied so that during the day I produce too much uh energy so i sell it back to the power company then at night they just keep my batteries at a level so they i kind of buy it back from them but overall i'm making a little bit money off of them we have solar panels across the top of the house for you know we have different freezers and everything else and then uh we have four panels just for the hot water tank because that's one of your biggest draws of your energy um, I have a windmill that I have yet to put up. I've had it for about three years. Um, it's in the garage. I need to put it up. It's a Missouri windmill. When I looked at it, that was like the best one that you could get because the kick-in was very low. I think it's at three miles per hour. Then it goes up to like 45 miles an hour. And I have a boom pole out of an old uh, TV van where they used to show up on site and then they oh, send yeah, the yeah, towers up. About, yeah. yeah, so it's like 40. 40 or 42 feet tall, and it's just by air. So you turn on the air compressor, it shoots up the thing. So I was like, well, this would be perfect because then I could put it up in the air and, you know, why it's working. And then if I ever need to work on it, I just let the air out and it drops back down to eight feet off the ground. And that way I'm not climbing up a 40-foot ladder. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I so. totally get it. So I, we're not we're not fully solar yet. We've got certain solar items, and I, I'm trying to make that push to get there. I've looked into doing the wind power, and a lot of electricians in this area say people try and fail because we don't get high enough winds here, mm-hmm. which I think, it's, I think it's just debatable. I think it depends on where you live. If you're up high enough on a hill and you're getting consistent breezes, yeah, I exactly. think you're going to be fine. Plus, the big thing is, and I, I think these guys are kind of negating the idea, when you're not getting sun, it's usually because there's a storm. Storms yep. come with wind. Yep. <laughs> so at least you could be making up for the difference. And also you're going to have wind at night where you're not going to make any solar 
at night. Right. I mean, so, so that, yeah, to me, it's even it's a wind-wind, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are you looking for something kick-ass to add to your closet? Reaper has the hookup for t-shirts, hoodies, button-ups, hats, beanies, and plenty of other badass products. You can check out Reaper Apparel Company at www.reaperapparelco.com and use code DOOM10 for 10% off. Jester only stands behind brands he believes in, and Dan at Reaper Apparel has a mission, and Jester is on board. Go check out www.reaperapparelco.com today and use code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire order. Why be a sheep when you can reap? Use code DOOM10 for 10% off at www.reaperapparelco.com today. So uh, one other thing about what you got going on, what all kind of animals do you have out there on the farm? Uh, we're getting back into horses, so we got Gypsy Vanner and Pasifinos and a couple other. Um, we have cows so that we have food on the hoof, so you don't have to have all that food just in a freezer or in a dry st- uh, state. And then we have honeybees. Uh, we had sheep, or we have sheep. We had goats. We had rabbits. We had turkeys. We had ducks. We've tried everything and pretty just chicken. chicken. Yeah, well, we do have chickens now. We did have pigs for a while. Um Pigs, I do like to just buy them in the spring, raise them up through the summer, and then slaughter them in the fall. And that way you don't have to deal with breeding them over the winter and everything else because pigs can get messy. Right, yeah. I've uh, So I've been wanting to add pigs to what I got going on, and I've been looking into it. There's a breed called Duroc, and I've been having mm-hmm. trouble finding them. Um, nobody in this area seems to have them. Yep. So I got to start looking outside of the area and figure out if that's something I really want to get into or not. I'm not sure. Right now we got a bunch of goats that I'm actually trying to downsize. We got too many males and not enough females. So they eat well. They they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to downsize them. <laughs> I'd rather sell them and make the money off well, them. Well, you know, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm trying to go with it. Um, all right, so it's it seems like you guys got a lot going on out there. Oh yeah. So if shit hit the fan tomorrow. Don't show up at my place unless well, you got ammo and food. I'll bring ammo and food. <laughs> and skill set. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into, you've mentioned before in your lives about the Karate Hall of Fame inductee. What, in that, you said that was in 2008? 2008, United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame inductee. Wow. What do you have to do to get there? Uh, get nominated. Oh, that's it? That <laughs> Pretty easy, much. Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even going to do it until my daughter, you know, she was... I think she was 10 years old or something, and she's just bugging me. Dad, you got to do it. You got to do it. Because I don't really care about the paper on the wall. It's about the knowledge that you have. Right. And so that's the only reason I actually went ahead and got inducted. So what kind of martial arts were you doing? Uh, Way back in 1979, I started with uh, Taekwondo, and then I went into karate. Or Actually, no, I started with uh, Simling Hungar Kung Fu. And then I went to Aikido, then I went to Taekwondo, then Karate, did uh, American Judo, uh, did, over the years, I can't even remember which one's order they're in, but I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, American Jiu-Jitsu, a couple different types of Karate, two different types of Taekwondo, um, Chin Na, Tai Chi, uh, yeah, just a bunch. I haven't even heard of half of these things. Yeah, 
Most people haven't. <laughs> it's whoever I could find that I thought was a good teacher, and I just wanted to learn because it's just something. That, it was my therapeutic, and, you know, the meditation came along with that and the energy healing. So then I went into energy healing when I was in college. I got a, a degree in uh, massage therapy, and and I'm a Reiki master and all that. So Jesus, you've done a lot. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So for those of you guys that don't know um, – B-Man J is going to be at prep stock this year, and he's doing a self-defense course. He's going to utilize all these things to kick my ass for you guys. Um, exactly. So- <laughs> it's going to be on video, right? Oh, yeah. I'm hoping we do get that. I'm hoping we got – I got to get someone there to make sure they're getting good video of that. And Because you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to pull their cell phones out for that, and everybody's oh, yeah. going to post little clips on Clapper, TikTok, or yep. whatever. But I'm really hoping to get some good footage of that to like edit later, or put on YouTube. Oh, or you don't want the it. the footage where it's really good and just as something happens, they like laugh or they point the f- phone at the ground or <laughs> yeah. you know they're shaking so bad you can't tell what happened. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to avoid that and actually get some really good footage from that. Um, no, so yeah, for those of you guys that don't know about prep stock, I, I know certain people out there listening. They know this is coming October sixth through the ninth. Just so everybody out there knows that this is on its way. And it's interesting because lately I've been, this is something, and I don't know if you see this online or not, but I don't know what's in the air lately, but the there's a lot of new people coming out and wanting to be self-sustainable and wanting to start the prepping aspect. And I just got an email from a, a brand new listener to the show. He, he emailed me, said, Jester, I'm a brand new listener. I want to know if there's any events or anything to get started. And I said, well, let me tell you about prep stock. Dude, we Excellent. got this coming up. So... <laughs> But it's been it's been a lot of new emails lately from people that just started listening and they're starting listening because I think it's pretty clear the shit's hitting the fan. You yeah. know, things are getting really wonky, people are getting un you know, they're getting nerve wracked. They wanna feel better, so they, they're looking for this as a way to feel better. And True. I think that's why a lot of us do prepare and do prep up is for for the simple idea of if shit happens, I wanna make sure I'm okay. And putting back some food stocks or learning some skills, this is an insurance policy for yourself that if shit really breaks bad, you don't need to worry. And it's not and it's not so much this right wing conspiracy side to this anymore. Um, I saw a video a couple years back about this uh, left wing guy and he (laughs) he's. He lived in an apartment, and he's like, yeah, you know, he was on, like, the local news or something. He's like, yeah, we're prepping, we're doing this, we're doing that. And his biggest concern in the apocalypse was ensuring the safety of his cats. And I... (laughs) Well, they're like family, right? Well, yeah, they are, but, I mean, a cat's a cat. It's going to revert back to its instincts, and it's going to do cat stuff, and it's going to be fine in the apocalypse. In fact, cats will probably thrive. Um, There's a lot of people out there that theorize that, the house cats and the dogs will all become feral and they'll be running everything with the way they breed and their know-how. They'll pretty much oh, cool. take over and there'll be these packs of wild house dogs roaming the roaming the country. Um, hmm. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, interesting. Well, the thing with prepping is, and I've since I was in the military back in the 80s and I got out in 90, um, I've always had friends that are conspiracy nuts and everything else. And some of them go way over the top. And other ones are, you're like, that actually makes a lot of sense. And other ones are like, eh, whatever. Um, but the prepping 
everybody swears, you know, we're at that brink where it's just going to break down. It's going to be next year. And I've seen this since the 90s. So I do think we are getting closer because of the way the world is getting. It's getting crazy. You keep hearing all these strange things. But the big thing is most people don't realize, you know, they're like, they have all this food stacked up. What about water? Mm -hmm. You can live for 40 days without food. You can only live three days without water. So you have to have some way to have water you know either move closer to a stream or at least know where the streams or lakes are and then you know have something like a life straw or or capability of like that so that you have clean water right because if you don't have the water you're going to get dehydrated very quickly and then it doesn't matter how much food you have right so it's you know it's all of everybody's got their go bag or their bug out bag whatever you want to call it but they don't have a route from their work their home most of us work outside the home much more than we're at home. You know, you come home, but even then, you know, if something happens and you're at work, you're 20 miles away from home and the transportation lines most likely are going to be shut down first. Do you have enough food in your pantry for when disaster strikes? Go to www.readywise.com and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire food order. ReadyWise offers long-term food storage items such as chicken and beef that last up to 15 years. But that's not all. Go to www.readywise.com and use our code DOOM10 for 10% off of organic food as well. Offering chili, pasta, and soups, they have you covered. Did we mention they have fruits? Bananas, blueberries, strawberries, and apples, just to name a few. With many more food options for your home, car, or bug out bag, ReadyWise has your six. Go to www.readywise.com now and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off. Do you know a straight line to get to your place that's not cutting through some other guy that's going to be protecting his property? You know, how do you get home? How do you walk there? Do you have a gun? Do you have a knife? Do you have fire starter in your pack so that you can make it home to your family? Or are you going to have to get to your spouse, to their workplace, get them, then get to the school to get your kids and then get home? So do you have all these map, these routes mapped out and also alternatives because it's not going to be a straight path. Plan A never works. Plan B and C and D usually never work too. Right. So let's, all right, let's unpack this a little bit because I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. And I think a lot of people sell this short, like way too short. So let's, let's think about a scenario. Shit hits the fan. Doesn't matter what it is. Emergency services are cut off. Okay. Everybody says, screw it. I'm going home. I'm going to go be with my family, et cetera, et cetera. Rush hour traffic is when everybody's going and coming to and from work. Right. Yep. So as soon as shit would hit the fan, expect that to be a thing. Oh, yeah. Right. And if it's bad enough, police, fire, ambulance, they're not coming. They're done. You always have accidents during rush hour, right? No, it's yeah. a very common thing. So now you're talking about you're trying to get home during rush hour. Nobody's regulating the roads. Nobody's showing up to accidents. So now what you have happening are these huge traffic jams. So your 40-minute commute now oh, yeah. just became what? Four hours on foot? Yep. I mean. If you're lucky. Yeah. And this is this is going down the same populated highways that everybody else is going to be going down, yep. right? Not to mention you've got. I mean, look, Americans are very out of shape. They're, they're, <laughs> they can't. A lot of them could not make this journey. 
So now you're in a position to where you have a bunch of people that are having all these issues trying to get home. They're dehydrated. Maybe some of them are stroking out, going into cardiac arrest, having breathing problems, et cetera, et cetera, begging for your help while you're trying to get home. And your medicine, is it at home or is it in your bug out bag? Right. Water, is it in your bug out bag? And you mentioned being out of shape. After shit hits the fan, do you have way to grow tobacco? Because there's a lot of people that smoke out there. Well, so, yeah, that's, you know, I've actually been trying to get my own tobacco growing, and I've had horrible luck with getting seeds started. I have no idea what I'm doing wrong <laughs> with this stuff. Um, but it, that's stuff, not good. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm getting seeds, and I'm, I'm doing everything the Internet says to start them, and they're just not coming up. I have no idea why. And that brings up a point is a lot of people, they have their seed packs, and they're ready for, you know, the world to end, and now I'm going to start growing my own food. I always tell people, at least try to grow some of your food now because right. you don't just put a seed in the ground and it pops up. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And you can overwater it or not water it enough. And if you don't have the knowledge to put behind that, and then if, say, it hits, uh, the world ends, you know, in June, you've already missed the, most of the growing season. So now do you have enough food in place till the next spring when you can plant? And then still have enough food until you can harvest in the fall. Right. So you got to have at least a year and a half worth of food, at least. And that's if all your seeds work. Because some seeds, they sell them to you. Do you actually know if they're germinated and they're ready, they're viable? You don't. You're just trusting that company. Right. That's why we put two, three seeds, four seeds in one hole, you know, and hope yeah. one of them sprouts. Yeah. But and at least try that seed pack because you don't know if that company's lying to you or not. I mean, right. that's a common practice now. It seems that a lot of companies are lying to you and they get in trouble, but it's too late. You right. Know? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, these, so the success rate of seeds is very interesting. You know, if you're out there listening, you could look this up and figure this out. There are seeds that are ridiculously hard to germinate too, but think about the yield time, right? Yeah. You can look right on the back of a lot of these seed packs, and it'll tell you like 90 days to harvest, 120 days to harvest. So you're going to be potentially starving for three to four months while you're waiting for these yields. Yeah. And then if you don't know how to can, if you don't know how to preserve, you're going to be going hungry waiting till next year oh, yeah. You know to get your yields again. Something I, I just recently did that I didn't know was a thing was I planted carrots last year, mm -hmm. and they barely did anything. And for whatever reason, they started coming back up this year. So I said, okay, they be, they're they're getting really tall. They're getting really bushy. Let me pull one of these carrots. And they weren't ready yet. But what I found out is you can eat the greens off the carrots. Yep. And you get more yield out of that than you do the carrots themselves, right? So we sauteed these things up a little bit, olive oil, lemon, garlic. They're not bad. They're not bad at all. And I never knew this was something that was even edible till, until, like, last week. Oh, yeah. How about dandelions? Yeah, well, so... Dandelions are great. They're right. medicinal. They're, you can make them into wine. You can fry them up. You can do many things with dandelions. Right. So my wife's Greek, so dandelions are part of their oh, diet. So, yeah, they're always... Uh, they fry them up in olive oil with lemon, and they're fantastic. So you're ahead of the curve there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that until just maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago. Yeah. I think my wife knew it longer than I did, but... So it's, I mean, it's interesting though, because they, they like, you know, demonize those. I remember, oh, yeah. you know, being a kid, you know, and, and bringing dandelions in the house and there was the old wives tale. If you touch those, you'll pee the bed, blah, 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 like all that stuff <laughs> that they used to tell us to stay away from them. And then they're like the key weed, like on all the roundup and bear bottles and stuff oh, yeah. like that. It's like, these are what you don't want. These are bad. Yep. I mean, this is, this is how they've trained society. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's, it's, <laughs> and it's one of those it's pretty bad. things they may have done it on purpose or they may have done it. You know, not, 
and uh, it, you're just trying to keep up the Joneses next door because their yard looks beautiful. It's nothing but green grass. So you have to go hire somebody to come over there and spray and kill all the weeds in your yard because you want your yard looking just as nice as theirs. And what you're doing is you're actually killing the ground, and that goes down to the water table eventually, and then that comes back up to uh, you know in right. your drinks. And it's just a vicious cycle that it seems to be in. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you what. So it, it's it's got to be a conspiracy in itself. How much money Americans put into lawn care? Oh wow! I yeah. mean, you you got to think crazy. about it, man. Like <laughs> it, it's a lot. There's a gentleman we did a we did an episode with uh, not long ago. Um, his name is uh, Jim Gale, and he does these food forests where instead of planting a yard, they plant all these food producing um, plants and mm-hmm. trees and fruit trees and things. And they like map this out, and he's got like programs where they go all over the country and do these things, and it's it's like a That's big cool. movement he's trying to start. The guy hates the federal government, man. He's like, <laughs> I ain't paying these taxes. He's he's a character, man. He's an awesome guy, very very fired up and eccentric about this. But he is like that guy that's making that difference out there to get you know these things going. And when shit hits the fan, he's he's got that knowledge yeah you know he's he knows how to map these things and get them going and what will grow with one another and i saw that he's doing some kind of uh they're they're taking the shipping containers like the connex boxes and Mm -hmm. they're making these little self-sustainable homes with solar and stuff now and they're distributing them out so there's i mean there are people that are waking up out there and, and they're getting wise to this you know Fire is one of the most basic essentials for survival. Whether you're camping, hiking, or preparing for disaster, Blackbeard has your six. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code DOOMSDAY for 10% off your entire purchase. Blackbeard offers stormproof matches, plasma arc lighters, fire starters, and ferro rods, all of which are great for your bug out bag. Once again, go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code DOOMSDAY for 10% off your entire purchase. Um, I think this, this era of, you know, graduate high school, go to college, get an admin job, be a stuck in an office all day, just have your little apartment and be happy and rely on, you know, the big corporations for everything. To give you a great retirement. Right. Now they've figured out, well, hey, if I fire these people when they're 50, I don't have to pay their retirement. Right. And then I can hire these young people. There are a lot of them aren't that, well, we'll skip that. Right. (laughs) So, you know, the other thing about the retirement aspect, too, a lot of people are figuring out that we're retiring at too, you know, we're retiring at too old of an age. Yeah. And you're dying before you get to enjoy your your retirement years. And the retirement companies know that. So they're banking on you having heart problems or, yeah. or you know, some kind of uh, pulmonary issues. They're, they're banking on this so they don't have to keep paying out. Yeah, years ago when I looked it up, it was probably back in the mid-90s or late 90s, it's 34% of the people don't even make it to age 30 or 65. So 34% of the people aren't even going to get their retirement. Right. You know, and then... You get other people, they look at that, and they're like, well, then I'm just going to spend everything I got now. And then when they hit 65, they cannot retire. Right. So now they're working as a greeter down at Walmart because they cannot afford to retire. And it's like you need to start putting money away now so that you can have somewhat of a lifestyle when you want to retire. Because 
how many people you keep hearing about, you know, they're eating cat food and, you know, because, but now you can't even afford cat food. No. Cat food's expensive. <laughs> um, maybe that one gentleman with us, you know, he's going to save his cats. But Right. Yeah. Maybe him. But uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. The prices went up so much. And so now you need to really look at putting away, you know, at least 10% of your paycheck every, every time so that you can go to your retirement. And if you know you're going to die in the next five years because you got cancer or whatever, at least you have money to spend and quit your job and spend in the last five years of your life and go have fun with, you know, other than, hey, I'm 72 years old and I still got to work because I cannot afford to quit. Right. And no, and a lot of people are, are in that position right now. Like my, like my father's one of these people, he's in his seventies, but he, he can afford to not work. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have a certain lifestyle. There's certain things you enjoy doing. You don't want to stop. Like, so he's, he'll keep a job where he's at till the day he dies or he's in such poor health. He can't do it, but he gets, um, he gets his social security or social security retirement. He gets, you know, that full ride. Um, he gets uh, mineral right payouts and a couple other little things. So he doesn't necessarily need to be working. Everything he has is paid off, but it's just the idea of what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah, and We've some got... people need to stay busy, Yeah, and they need to have a job to keep doing something. And I've I've noticed people that have no hobbies outside of their job. Right. When they do retire, they only live about six months to a year at max because they just it's such a abrupt – stop of doing something every day and now they have no other hobbies and they just deteriorate and they die right and i've seen that so many times when i was working at the post office these guys would retire and the life the post office was their life and i'm like well he ain't gonna be around much longer after he retires and sure enough and it's like man that's horrible wait so, so you worked at the post office too yeah i did 25 years at the post office damn yeah <laughs> yeah i <laughs> I'm one of those people that hate the government, but I worked in the military. Then I went to the uh, post office, and then even my bee, honeybee inspection job was working with the state of Tennessee. <laughs> so I've worked for the government all my life. Wow, that's that's interesting. So I okay. So like one thing I definitely wanted to ask you: How does all right? So how does the acting world feel about the self sustainability stuff in the prepping? Because I know that this is like it's still depicted that this is like a right wing crazy conspiracy thing so how do how do you get work as an actor and be like yeah i prep and i do self-sustainability stuff uh i tell them about the honeybees and then i leave it at that because honeybees (laughs) are that kind of leftish liberal thing and oh yeah we're gonna save the planet yeah which is great (laughs) you know and i love doing that and i do love i want the planet to survive for my grandkids or great grandkids but I don't bring up politics. I don't bring up all this other stuff on set because you remember Kevin Sorbos from uh, Hercules? Oh, God. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to see his face. Well, he did like eight seasons of Hercules. And where did he go? He disappeared. The Dukes of Hazzard, uh, I can't remember which one, the blonde guy, he disappeared. They're big conservatives. You see them working a lot? No, they're doing their own movies because Hollywood just hates them. <laughs> Are you talking about the new Duke, Dukes of Hazard or the old? No, Dukes the of old Hazzard? Dukes of Hazard. He okay. just disappeared. The other oh. guy, the uh, the guy with the brown hair, he got married and just he got out of Hollywood because he didn't like it. But the other guy, yeah, he's real conservative. He's doing these religious movies now. He's he's funding everything himself. Same with Kevin Sorbos. He's very conservative. He's doing all these movies. He's paying out of his own pocket for these movies because he cannot get a job in Hollywood because they know 
he's conservative. Right. So that's why I just don't bring up anything on set. Yeah, don't don't put this on your IMDb. Yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> this this would be one of those career ending things. <laughs> no, but I because I I gotta imagine that like with the leftist side, if you went in there like buzzwords would be okay like the bees are okay yeah self-sustainability is probably okay but whenever you'd get into the anti-government or gun rights or yeah, anything like that it's any psh, of that yeah, yeah that's probably a heck of a no-go yeah no nah. yeah they uh i think it was just two or three weeks ago they finally lifted the covid measures we were still getting tested when you went on set every day wow um down in atlanta i I just didn't work down there because they would want me to come down to Atlanta, which was like three and a half hours or about three hours from my house. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. They pay me $25 to come down the one day on Thursday to get COVID tested, come back down the next day, $75 to get fitted. And then they would pay me a whole $88 for the, eight to 12 hours a day to work on set as a background. I'm like, no, I can't afford that. $188 to drive down there three separate days. No, that's, that's not even ridiculous. covering the gas. No, no. <laughs> so I haven't worked in Atlanta in probably two, three years. Wow. So no. So I know that I just, I, so COVID measures were really bad here um, in the bigger cities, like out here in the rural areas. Much everywhere in North Carolina was crazy. Yeah. Tennessee was real kind of lax which everybody was complaining about god if you went into the there the cities here are heavy blue okay so i there was stores i went in and they were like no you can't be in here because you don't have the proper n95 mask like that was a big thing like you couldn't wear a cloth mask like you know one of they were selling the masks everywhere with different pictures on them and stuff they didn't want those you had to have an actual surgical n95 mask to be in some of these stores and that didn't even no. You know, and Bill Nye, the science guy, I hate that guy. He's not a <laughs> What's science wrong guy. With Bill, dude. <laughs> He's not a science guy. He has a degree in engineering, okay. not science. All right. You know, he's on there. Oh, well, you know, don't tell me a paper mask doesn't stop COVID. It doesn't because he's like, well, it would have to be wet. Well, every time you breathe out, you expel vapor. Right. So you're making the inside of the mask wet. And then one of the biggest things that drive, drove me nuts about the mask was I was in the military and you were taught the proper way to don a mask. And then when you pulled it off, you folded the inside where your face was in on itself and then you stored it. People are pulling off masks and they're hanging it from their mirror. Do you realize that COVID is floating around your car and now it's on the inside of the mask and you put it right on your face? Remember remember when they said, no, they said something like, yeah, leave it on your dashboard. The sun will kill oh, the COVID. Remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. You, We were first told it could uh, live on the surface for 10 days, but now the sun's going to kill it? Yeah. Well, then why don't we just have sunlight on everything? Oh, my God. Yeah. there. So, uh, it listen. was so much back and forth. And it was like you, you didn't know who to believe or who not to believe. Right. So. You know, so for for the record, though, since this is all over, I hope everybody learned a valuable lesson from this, that mainly everybody that was saying stuff was full of shit, right? <laughs> that way, if this happens again, they won't be buying into this crap. Yeah. And I did see that they just uh, they just took the waiver away for, uh, what, not the waiver, um, they just took away the federal mandate for vaccinations. Yeah. Um, so that just happened. So I don't know what that's going to entail or how they're going to spin that in the future. Um, well, I, I think it was all test run because... There was, I think it's called the Milgram experiment. 
it was done by, uh, I believe it was Berkeley, and they were trying to figure out why Hitler had so much power back in the day. So they took an actor, and they put they introduced him to the student, and they had several people stand there, and the student would meet this actor. He didn't know he was an actor. He thought he was just another student. So they put the actor behind the wall on the other side, and then they bring the student in, and they hook him up, or they sit him down in front of this huge electrical board. And they're like, all right, so here's the deal. And the guy that's telling him what to do is in a lab coat. And he tells him, all right, so you're going to ask the person on the other side of the wall. He's hooked up to the electrodes. You ask him a question. If he gets it right, great. And if he gets it wrong, then you give him a small shock. And each time he gets it wrong, you increase the voltage, and it shocks him a little harder. So, you know, and there were just simple questions. What color is the sky? The guy's like blue. And then it would get a little bit harder, you know, and eventually he would answer something wrong. And they would shock him. And the guy's like, ah. And each time he would get something wrong, and he's purposely getting the answers wrong. And he would start yelling louder and louder. And then at some point he's yelling, just disconnect me. I'm done. I want out of here. And the guy in the lab coat is telling the student, no, it's all right. He signed up for it. And <laughs> most of these students kept zapping him and increasing the voltage. And this guy's just screaming bloody murder. And at some point, you know, he just, he's quiet. It's all right. He probably just passed out. Just answer, ask the question. If he doesn't answer, then shock him again. And they would still shock him. And it's because somebody in authority is telling you what to do. So that's why Hitler had all this power because he was in a position of authority. So when the government comes out and says, you need to get the vaccine, they're in a position of authority and you're going to do it because you're looking up to these people. You, you're a follower. And that's where that sheeple came from, right. which is crazy because you listen to the Democrats and they think the Repo Republicans are sheeple and you listen to the Republicans and they think the Democrats are sheeple. So we think it about each other. So <laughs> it's just crazy, you know, and then there was a, uh, university came out and they said, you know, Republicans was it 43% of them thought, you know, fake, they believe the fake news. And it's like, no, we think it's the other way or whatever. You know, it's, it's just crazy. They so, got us arguing about nothing. Right, exactly. That, so and I it's would, a divide and conquer. It That's is. all it is. No, it, I'm on the same page with you. If we get into this, we're going to be here for an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I started you on politics all the uh, night, yeah, so let's I get know. off that. Yeah, let's get <laughs> off that. But anyway, we're about at our time frame here for recording. So, Jay, you got anything you want to add for the people out there that are listening? Uh, be prepared. No matter what it is, you know, prep food. Definitely have a long-term supply of water. Uh, get a gun and prepare yourself with it. Do a lot of dry training. You don't have to spend, you know, shoot bullets down range, do dry training with an empty magazine, throw the magazine in and out of the gun, bring it up on target. They sell some uh, great interactive targets now that actually you can use it with your phone. It'll tell you where you're hitting, get trigger, you know, trigger time on your, on your gun. Uh, they make snapcats, they make all kinds of stuff. So just be prepared for anything because, uh, and also get a ham ham radio you don't have to get the license but you should um because when the hurricanes hit the different coast all the cell towers get knocked out too and ems and police everything else they rely on the ham operators to let people know where they need help because the ham radios do not go down Emergency action message at a 
approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.